fun fact. Out of the 8 billion people living on this planet Earth, about 5 billion of us use social media. Yup, you heard me right. That's a lot of people out here on the World Wide Web being social. In fact, that's 75% of the global population that has social media. And I'll give you a little bonus fact here. One person has the average of eight social media accounts. Damn, that is a lot. Okay, so let's see how many do I have. I have Instagram, I have Facebook, I have Twitter, that's three, four, TikTok, um, five, YouTube, six, WhatsApp, seven, Pinterest. Seven. So I'm a hair short of being average, which is eight. So wow, 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 y'all. Five billion people use social media. Three billion people don't. Y'all are different. <laughs> well, that's the fun fact of today. Welcome back to our bi-weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. your host Toya and you're now listening to season four episode two on the history of social media where we're going to look at how it started, who started it, how it became so popular that 75% of the global population is using social media right now as you listen to this and as I speak. A couple of church announcements as usual if you're an A1 from day one welcome back to your favorite history podcast. Thank you so much for your support. And if you're new here, welcome to the history class you never knew you always wanted to take. I am Toya, your history homie, also known as the Anthony Bourdain of history. And you should subscribe right now because here we uncover not only history that happened in the past, but we talk about the raw, spicy, risque history stuff that's happening right now, this very second, that definitely wasn't in our textbooks. So let's get into this episode and uncover the history of social media today and figure out when the shit all began. Personally, I'm excited about today's episode because I use social media. And based on the fun fact, it's probably safe to assume that if you're listening, you use some form of social media. Unless, of course, you're the 25% of people who do not have it, like my mom, um, you know what I'm saying? Then you're a rare breed and you're cool for not using social media. I actually kind of admire that. But even if you're in this rare class of someone who doesn't have social media, you know someone who does have it. And you still may be interested in understanding how this concept all began. And on this here podcast, we love to uncover history of things that we use every damn day. And a little fun fact about your host here, my full-time gig is being a social media manager for a brand. And up until recently, I was also working as a freelancer for a social media agency at the same damn time. So yeah, social media is how I make money at the moment. And so I personally am invested in understanding this history together. Love it, or should I say like it, (laughs) hate it, social media is here to stay. Currently, there's a lot of people who are very frustrated by social media, in particularly Instagram, because it keeps changing and adding all these new features that we never asked for. And there's an algorithm that keeps forcing us to become videographers through the creation of reels. 
I've also noticed that a lot of people feel burned out by social media. You know, the fun can feel like it's being sucked out of it with all the vanity metrics and the needs to go viral and the pressure of branding and chasing trends and the performative perfection, right? Despite all these frustrations, there's still 5 billion of us on social media scrolling and posting. And on the flip side of this social media negativity I just listed, there are people who love social media. They may be a little addicted like me, or they may truly have a healthy relationship with social media and don't feel some of the frustrations that I just listed, where they know when to log off and not just endlessly scroll. Overall, social media has downsides. We talked about that already, right? But it also has some upsides. I mean, social media is not just this big bad thing that exists on our phones that many of us are addicted to, including myself. Through social media, you can also make money, share politics, connect with people from all over the world, slide into a DM for love, lust, or business. And honestly, it feels like the possibilities are endless and only at the tips of our fingers on social media. In today's episode about social media, we are joined by Natasha Samuels, the host of the Shine Online podcast and an Instagram strategist that helps businesses shine online. Our lovely guest will put us on to some history and give us some insight into the current day of social media and the future. As usual, for episodes where we have a lovely guest, We start with the history segment by moi, just me, solo dolo here, where I share 10 minutes of things you should know about today's topic, including definitions, because we love definitions, and other facts from the past. Then we'll jump into the interview with today's guest, Natasha, who will school us on a few things and put us on to everything social media that we need to know that's going on now and in the future. So let's jump into the history segment. Definition. Let's start with a definition. The term social media refers to a computer-based technology that facilitates the sharing of ideas, thoughts, and information. Relationship status online in the virtual world of friends, followers, and communities. Social media is an internet-based and gives users quick electronic communication of content, such as personal information, documents, videos, photos, Users engage with social media via computer, tablet, smartphone, via a web-based software or applications. Generally speaking, there are six types of social media. They can be broken down in different ways, but I'm just going to share the ones that I found. Social networking, social news, media sharing, microblogging, online forum sites, and bookmarking. While social media is everywhere in America and Europe, Asian countries like Indonesia lead the list of social media usage. According to some research, the Pew Research Center, social media users tend to be younger. Nearly 90% of the people between the ages of 18 and 29 used at least one form of social media, which makes sense. The young people, they be on it, especially TikTok. I'm trying to get on TikTok, y'all. It's a different story. The largest social media networks include Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Social media typically features user-generated content and personalized profiles, right? So user-generated content is us taking photos, taking videos. 
And, you know, us having a profile with our picture, what we do, where we're located, all the other stuff. Facebook is actually the largest social media platform in the world with a clear advantage over other social media because it's kind of like the oldest. And though it's similar to audiences like Twitter and Instagram, it's it's the oldest. I don't want to age myself here, but I got on Facebook when you could only create a profile if you were in college, if you had like a college email. I feel like Facebook might be the largest social media because it's the oldest, like I said before. And I did read that they are currently losing a lot of users. I know a lot of people who have like ended their Facebook profiles. I've thought about it here or there, but I promote my podcast on it. And I also have like gotten jobs on Facebook. I don't know about if y'all know about like Facebook groups. I feel like that's where it's at. Like if you're looking for jobs, if you're looking for networking, like making friends in LA, like I'm in a really cool group. And I feel like that's where you take advantage of Facebook, all that other stuff. Like I don't really like update my profile or like have a status on Facebook. I don't really do that. But Facebook has its advantages. I digress. Um, But yeah, they're losing users. Overall, there are over 103 social media apps, according to Influencer Marketing Hub. But the most popular social media sites in 2022 are Facebook, YouTube, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook Messenger, WeChat, and TikTok. And I believe those are in order of most um, popular down. I'm, I'm a little curious about that because if you listened, I list listed TikTok last and I feel like TikTok has a lot of users. I would think that, um, it would be higher up in the list, not maybe as high as Facebook because Facebook is one of the oldest ones, but I find that interesting. I'm sure this list will shift around with time. Data from GWI, reveals that the typical social media user actively uses or visits an average of 7.5 different social media platforms each month and spends an average of close to two and a half hours per day using social media. Two and a half hours per day, that's a lot of time. And I would guess people probably use it for longer. I know I do, but it's also a part of my job. So don't judge me. Okay. In today's digital age, social media is an increasingly important part of our daily lives. Like two and a half hours. Remember that? It has revolutionized communication to the extent that it is now our preferred medium of everyday communication. I even DM people to be guests on my podcast. It's like a form. It's like texting at this point, right? I think so. Before social media, if you wanted to keep up with the news, you had to walk down to the newsstand in the morning, right? And buy a local edition reporting the events of the past. Before social media, if you broke up with someone once it was over, you never, ever, 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 ever had to see that person's face again or know who they were dating or what awards or accolades or where what where they went on vacation, like, you know, or how their gr- life was freaking great after you, you know? But now with good old social media, you can't really escape people from your past. You have to like block them or something. And it makes things easy, sometimes a little too easy, right? Today, we get all of our latest news and breaking stories about everything from COVID-19 to Elon Musk's most recent activities online. The last thing so many people do before they go to sleep is scroll through their feeds. And I'm trying to be better at this, y'all. Like, 
It's so bad. And it's probably also the first thing many of us do when we wake up. I'm talking about myself here. I'm going to do better, right? So how do we get to this point? Get ready to take a little stroll down memory lane. And let's look back at the history of social media. There are many defining moments that shape the social media platforms and experiences that we use today. But do you know what the very first social media platform was and when it came out? Some would argue that social media actually began May 24th, 1844 with a series of electronic dots and dashes tapped out by hand on a telegraph machine. Because remember from my definition, social media is about creating communities and sharing information, personal messages, and content. So in this article in the Washington Post titled, Before Twitter and Facebook, There Was Morris Code, Remembering Social Media's True Inventor, this article detailed the history and relevance of Morris Code to compete with the early versions of today's, you know, LOL and OMG, right? While the root of digital communication runs deep, many people say that the modern origins of today's internet and social media point to Morris code. And that emerged in 1969 under the name of Advanced Research Projects Agency Network. This early digital network created by the United States Department of Defense allowed scientists at four different universities to share software, hardware, and their data. Four years later, The Plateau System was created in 1973 at the University of Illinois, and it was supposed to help students chat, share notes, and screens online. But since it doesn't meet some of our criteria for being in social media, we don't consider this the first, first social media. So then we jump to the 80s and the 90s. And according to the history of social networking on the technology news site Digital Trends, the internet growth enabled the introduction of online communication services such as AOL, America Online, y'all remember that, and Prodigy. I don't know what Prodigy is, but I know what America Online is. But I know y'all remember that, right? The dial-up and the CDs, and you couldn't get online if someone was like on your house phone at the same time. So people really say that, yes, it's Morris code, but then they say once the internet was created, that's when social media really, really took off and became something not just for people at universities and scientists and these little hubs. It became a worldwide web thing. So cool. Well, AOL introduced users to digital communication through email, bulletin board messaging, and real-time online chatting. Y'all remember those chat rooms though? Come on. We were not supposed to be in there and there was like lingo like ASL, right? Like all this other stuff. So Don't act like y'all were in the chat rooms. In 1987, a year after I was born, a direct predecessor to today's internet came into being when the National Science Foundation launched a more robust nationwide digital network known as NSFNET. And then A decade later, in 1997, the first true social media platform was launched. 
This gave rise to the earliest social media networks, beginning with the short-lived six-degree profile uploaded services by a dude named Andrew Wrench in 1997. Also that year, some dudes named Barry, Eric, and Jerry created AOL Messenger. Y'all remember AOL Messenger? What was your AOL Messenger username? If you're listening to this episode in the review that you're going to leave me, the lovely review you're going to leave me, or on Instagram or Twitter, like when you post about this wonderful episode, tell me your username. My AOL username was for you to envy for life. And I spelled it with a lot of numbers and you and NV. It was complicated, but cool. And I thought I was so clever. Okay. So <laughs> we're back to the creation of AOL Messenger. In 1999, Jerry and David established Yahoo and Yahoo Messenger. And then Microsoft created MSN Messenger to offer a new feature like video calling. From there, web blogs or blogs, another form of digital social communication, began to gain popularity in 1999 with the launch of LiveJournal, the LiveJournal publishing site. I never had LiveJournal, but I had friends who did, and those were interesting. Like a journal, like a diary online, that scares me. But I was old school, like writing in my diaries. Anyway, (laughs) this was followed in 2001 by Friendster. I did have that profile. I had one of those. These introductory platforms attracted millions of users, enabled email address address registration, and basic online networking. After Friendster in 2002, LinkedIn was founded as a networking site for career-minded professionals. By 2020, LinkedIn had grown to more than 675 million users worldwide. And today, it remains the social media site of choice for job seekers, as well as human resource managers searching for qualified candidates. Two major social media collapsed after the birth of the initial success of them, their platforms, and the internet. In 2003, Thomas Anderson, who founded MySpace, by 2006, it was the most visited website on the planet, spurred by users' ability to share new music directly on their profile pages. By 2008, MySpace pretty much died because of Facebook, which Mark Zuckerberg started in 2004. In 2005, Aaron introduced Reddit, which is still popping. 2010, Ben established Pinterest. Kevin introduced Instagram, one of the most popular I have photo sharing apps, but at this point, it's a video sharing app um, because of good old reels. So that was 2010. We get Pinterest and Instagram. And then in 2011, Evan founded Snapchat. Justin introduced Twitch, a live streaming platform for gamers, which was acquired by Amazon in 2014. Wow, I did not know that. So Twitch was purchased by Amazon. Interesting. And MySpace, y'all, MySpace was purchased by Justin Timberlake. Did y'all know that? (laughs) I didn't. Justin Timberlake purchased this, purchased MySpace for $35 million, but it has since become a social media afterthought. Ouch. Justin, are you crying your river for that bad purchase? Like $35 million? That's a lot. Talk about buyer's remorse. Anyway, Google attempted to, you know, be a part of the competition with all the social media platforms by creating Google Plus, which launched in 2012. But yeah, no, it just didn't, it just didn't hit. 
and an existence came to an end in 2018 after the private information of nearly 500,000 Google Plus users was compromised by a data breach. Yikes. So that was a lot right there. So yeah, those are some of the, the timeline, the rough timeline of some of the most popular social media that is still here and the ones that have came and went. Social media originated as a way to interact with friends and family, but was later adopted by businesses that wanted to take advantage of a popular new form of communication to reach out to customers and make some money, honey, right? It became like the new form of marketing. The power of social media is the ability to connect and share information with anyone on earth or with many people simultaneously. Social media is an ever-changing, ever-evolving field with new apps such as TikTok and Clubhouse coming out seamlessly every year, joining the ranks of established social media like Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. The evolution of social media has been fueled by the human impulse to communicate to be seen, to stunt, to take a selfie, you know what I'm saying, to do thirst traps, and by the advances in digital technology. It is a story about establishing and nurturing connections, some of them personal, some of them business, but it's all about these connections at a scale. Social media may take the form of a variety of tech-enabled activities. These activities include photo sharing, blogging, social media gaming, social media network, video sharing, business networks, virtual worlds, right? Meta is now here, reviews, and more. For individuals, especially in the beginning, social media was used to keep in touch with your friends and family, like an extended group it's like a, it was like a group text, right, of people who maybe don't know each other, but that's what social media felt like to me in the beginning, especially with like Friendster and like MySpace and like your top eight, you know what I mean? For the everyday person, it was just like an easy way to communicate with people you knew. But now with trends, the going viral, the creation of an influencer, right, the creation of vanity metrics like likes and saves and stuff like that. Social media is not about just being social with the people you know. It's also about expanding your audience. It's about creating a following, not necessarily being social with people you know and influencing people and making money and convincing people to listen to your podcast. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and also it's about like cultivating your community. And with, so, with celebrities on social media, it's also a place for them to connect with their fan base, show them, show people like, hey, I'm a regular person. And in some cases, showing off their lavish lifestyle. Some people you will use various social media applications to network and get career opportunities. Like I said before, I've gotten my last two jobs through Facebook groups, um, but that's a story for a different day. People also use social media to find people across the globe with like-minded interests and share their thoughts, feelings, insights, emotions, sometimes oversharing in my opinion, like I don't need to know all that and all these like subliminals be killing me sometimes like sis, we all know who you're trying to pretend like you're not talking about. Anyway, for businesses, social media is kind of the only way at this point. It's the new form of marketing. Back in the day, it was newspapers. It was radio ads and commercials too, which people still watch TV, but there's a lot of platforms here that allow you to skip commercials. So social media is the way that a lot of businesses can run ads and convince you to buy things. So when you scroll, you'll see a random Nike ad or anything like that. And that could be on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. They all have these 
money generated options on social media for businesses and individual entrepreneurs to make money. I mean, it makes sense because 75% of the globe uses social media. So why not run ads on it, right? Or push your products on there? Like, duh. Companies use the platform to find and engage with new customers, drive sales, advertise, promote, figure out trends, you know, that they can hop onto to get you to do something and offer customer service and support through social media. There's also some debate over whether or not dating apps are considered social media. And the answer is by definition, yes, they kind of are. So Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, OkCupid. I don't know why I said OkCupid like that. OkCupid. (laughs) Do people still use OkCupid? Anyway, some people find love and some people don't. But these are platforms. Like for example, Hinge is a customized social media network that's kind of one of a kind because its sole purpose is to assist people in meeting new people through their online connections. Despite the fact that it was just created in 2011, it has already raised more than 20 million and several rounds of funding, including a recent 12 million from a new venture, a capital venture. So, you know, they're making money. Hinge has a number of positive and negative aspects. If you look it up on the internet, you'll find both success stories and allegations of phony users. So people have different experiences. Many users believe it has an underappreciated app, while others believe it does not operate as well as it appears. Another debate amongst social media enthusiasts is who really invented the selfie, right? Paris Hilton said she did in 2006. Others say it's actually a guy named Robert Cornelius who did it in 1839. Don't ask me about it. Hashtags also have helped plant the seeds that sprouted movements on social media, right? So you have hashtag Occupy, hashtag Me Too, hashtag Oscar So White, hashtag Black Lives Matter. All these hashtags are examples of how social media has been important and utilized in political social movements, right? So social media is not all that bad all the time. Um, In the summer of 2020, for example, as protests calling for social justice and equality was happening all over the U.S., major social platform TikTok was experiencing its own kind of uproar because in June, the black creators who were creating these wonderful dances and stuff like that and not getting credit for it decided to protest, right? And they, because these black creators were tired of being hijacked by white creators on TikTok and they protested for a while and then TikTok issued an apology and said they're going to change their algorithm to make sure black creators are seen and stuff like that. It just kind of sucks because, you know, even though we're online, one of the downfalls of social media also for people of color, non-white people is like, people believe and there has been evidence that shows different algorithms don't really show non-white people, right? When you're on Instagram, when you're on TikTok, there has been things that show like algorithm discrimination. And so it kind of sucks that racism and discrimination that we experience offline is also happening online, but it also kind of makes sense because if it's happening offline, it's probably going to happen online. But yeah, that's one of the downfalls of of social media in that way. But then one of the upsides is the social movements. So I feel like social media is like a double-edged sword, really, you know? And it's so hard because anyone can get social media, which is great, but in the wrong person's hands, it can be used 
for bad things. Like, you know, if you think about the old orange president that we had, he wasn't using social media for good. Although other people might argue that he was. Anyway, that is the history segment on social media. A little background of what they are when they came out and all that good stuff. And just the early findings of it. People say Morse code was the first form of social media. And then once AOL and the World Wide Web came on, things changed. I thought it was all interesting. I hope there was a good foundation because right now we are going to jump into the interview with today's guest, Natasha Samuels, the host of the Shine Online Podcast. And she is an Instagram strategist that help small businesses shine online. How cute is that? Through intensive strategy days, digital resources, and education, Natasha helps you build your brand on the gram with a video strategy that is fulfilling and fun without the overwhelm. Because y'all, I'd be overwhelmed. Um, I've personally been following Natasha for a long time, and she always shares these really dope, bite-sized, easy-to-understand and use tips on how to attract signs on how to attract clients or get people to listen to your podcast. She also encourages us to take social media breaks, which I don't feel like a lot of strategists talk about that. Um, And she helps people find their special sauce so they can make money online or get people to listen to their podcasts or any of the other stuff, whatever your goal is online for the most part, as long as it's kind of like business goal oriented centered, not just getting followers. Natasha is your girl. So let's jump into this interview right now to talk about social media today and what we think it will look like in the future. How do you define social media? Like, you know, there's the dictionary definition that I've shared before we started this interview um, and I can share it with you too, but how do you define social media? I feel like social media is using a platform to create content that a community can interact and engage with. Um, I feel like that's the common theme um, on Instagram, but that also goes and encompasses all types of social media content. That's a really great definition. And I feel like that's kind of the one that I found also just kind of like a platform where you're sharing information with people. That's pretty much the gist of it. But yeah, I, I think that's like a great definition. Maybe for me, like Facebook came out when I like first, not to age myself, but like when I first got to college, you know? Yeah. So did you, were they teaching? So they weren't really teaching social media when I was in school. Like that was like a new thing. But did you learn about social media and in any educational level? Was it in your textbooks or anything like that? Yeah. So for reference, um, I am a millennial Gen Z cusp okay. so I'm right in the middle. So kind of grew up with Facebook and MySpace, but Instagram was kind of like eventually became the main thing and like Snapchat, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, when I was in college, it's interesting because I think I saw the education system that I was in literally evolving before my eyes and still continuing to evolve, of course. So I started with journalism. That was actually my background. I loved writing. I loved connecting with people, interviewing them, creating stories. And so I started doing that for digital online publications, newspapers, and I was kind of in the mass communication realm and I was doing journalism and they were like, well, journalism's dying. You need to choose another focus, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so they said public relations. And so that's what I ended up kind of studying 
And with public relations, it's kind of sort of marketing, but it's more kind of controlling the public perception of your brand. And so I say all that to say that a lot of the things that I learned are definitely they are translated to social media, right? Like social media has taken what we've thought of as marketing for years and years. And it's now translated into like a completely different visual vessel, digital Mm -hmm. vessel. Yeah. Um, So we learned a lot about how to engage with your brand, how to create a brand, how to handle sticky situations that come (laughs) on social media. Um, And so brand perception campaigns and so I learned about those skills that we kind of mentioned translated to social media, but we never yeah. learned about this is what it looks like on Instagram and Facebook. Cause I think at the time, like things were also evolving so much. Like, I think that was the time where Instagram stories was actually coming to Instagram. And Ooh. I feel like that was like such a big trajectory changing point for Instagram of like, it was like all these grid filters and like businesses were (laughs) kind of starting to use it. So yeah, that was like a very long-winded answer of like, kind of, sort of, but not really. Yeah, no. And that makes sense. I feel like PR is all about branding. And like, I feel like what you teach, especially online is very much about like how to have a brand online. So yeah, I think it was really interesting because for me, like I'm a millennial, you're on the cusp. So like when I was getting out of college, that's when Instagram started. Like I was like working like my first job and I actually was working at the Apple store. And I remember one of my coworkers was like, oh, have you heard this thing called Instagram? And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And like all the people I worked with like really create, a lot of people who work at Apple are like creative. And they were like, no, they were like, I take photos and I put them on Instagram and it goes on the explore page. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I got it. And I remember just like those awful filters they had and like all that stuff. I wonder if they still, I don't think they have them anymore. They're still on there, but I really hope people do not use them. If we get, if you get Instagram (laughs) advice today, do not use those filters. Please. (laughs) You know, everything goes retro. So people might, you know, you never know. It might make a comeback. (laughs) I know it really might. I hope not though. They were pretty bad. Yeah, they were really bad. So I guess I want to learn more about your experience with like social media because I feel like it's always changing it's always evolving they say there's 103 social media platforms which I I can't even believe that but they say that's how many are out there of course the top ones are like you know Instagram Facebook Twitter TikTok LinkedIn LinkedIn yeah exactly yeah and they all have like their different purposes and stuff like that so but your focus is mostly Instagram correct yes okay So how do you, you know, with so many coming out or so many existing, right? Because there was like even, I can't even think of the other one that came out during the pandemic. Clubhouse, right? Like there's so many. TikTok. Yeah, like there's so many that come and go, you know, some stick, don't, some don't. How do you stay focused on Instagram or why do you stay focused just on Instagram? And do you see yourself expanding? Yeah, I feel like this year has been the year that I've definitely been embracing expanding to other platforms, which I think a lot of people have. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like with so many options and with everyone being a content creator, essentially, it really is challenging that social media is just on one platform. So yeah, I've, I've been experimenting with YouTube. I definitely have the goal of experimenting more on TikTok. 
And I think I always think it's important to have like your primary social media platform. Any really great influencer or content creator has this as well. And I think it applies for businesses of like, where is your community hub? Where do you want your people to be and your brand to be the strongest? And I still think Instagram is one of the best places to do this. And this is after consuming and creating on a lot of different platforms. I say this in like the least biased way possible. Because I really do think Instagram has the most options in terms of how you can create and connect with people. Like I find brands all the time on TikTok, but I always go to Instagram to like stalk their stories and then watch their lives and then go on their reels and like click their link in bio. So I feel like there's such a dynamic experience, which I feel like business owners can really benefit from. But whenever, especially over the past few years, whenever there's been so many more new features on Instagram itself and just new pivots and changes in social media with TikTok rising. And then with Clubhouse, like I always use that as like, for me, for my audience, let me like do the research. Let me play around with it. Let me get really informed on it so I can like help support my clients and my community um, and kind of play around with it, which I think is something I can recommend to anyone listening. Like just go play around with it. Early adopters are always rewarded. So like you never know what could happen from that. Mm -hmm. um, I know one of my friends, Michelle, she was one of the first people on TikTok and she started using the hashtag brand designer. She was the first person to ever use that hashtag and her account blew up totally unexpectedly. Wow. So it's like, you don't always do those things with the goal that you're going to blow up, but I think it is really helpful to kind of just really get to know those platforms and always just use it as inspiration. Like with Clubhouse, it taught me the power of conversation. So mm -hmm. I wanted to start creating with more creators and going live with people and bringing my, my clients on my Instagram platform. Like that's what the power of Clubhouse really taught me of conversations, collaborations. And then with TikTok, it taught me so much about short form video. And while I've been on and off creating on TikTok, I, I really took it into 2020. I was like, let me just hang out on TikTok. Cause I just knew that Instagram was going to get its own version of it, which uh, obviously it did. And reels blew up and I was able to kind of like figure out what reels was going to be like pretty early and be an early adopter there. Yeah. But like that applies to all social medias now and into the future. One day, like you said, maybe the retro filters are going to come back and people are always <laughs> going to want to post photos. And that's going to be something that's going to change and evolve as well. So I feel like when we can like kind of put on our like experimenter hats and like really have fun with just like testing and getting to know these features and like embracing change that is so inevitable to happen on social media and marketing, like that is the one thing we know in 10 years and five years and honestly like five months that things are going to change and evolve and there's like a reason and why behind it. So like mm -hmm. kind of dissecting it of like, okay, it's like conversations of like, okay, it's bite-sized content. Like what is the core of that and applying it to your main platform? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think having fun with it is the main thing that I even try to remind myself because like with all these changes on these different platforms, the algorithm changes or like, you know, maybe not as many people will see your content or whatever. And so I think just kind of having that balance between being like, okay, I'm a brand, but also like just having fun with it and experimenting with it to figure out what to do. Cause I feel like that's where I'm at, especially with TikTok. Like I have a TikTok, I'm a lurker right now. 
And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure out like, how do I want to show up on TikTok, right? Because mm-hmm. I think even on reels, even on social media, like people tend to kind of mimic each other. And I'm always just trying to be like, okay, like, how do I make it my own? You know, like, yeah. and you know, with the trending styles, everything's trending. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want to like do all the trending stuff, like, right. and trying to figure out how to like, you know, be a part of the new features, but in your own way. And I feel like those are also kind of some of the people that succeed on the platforms, like the early adopters, like you said, and then the people who kind of like create their own little spin or like, there's a girl that I love on TikTok that does like, it's called let's talk about it. And she just like does like these little two minutes, not even a minute, like bits about certain things. She's like, spaghetti is not, spaghetti is not a side. It's a full meal. And like creating these little, like little things like that's And that's all she says. And she could be walking. It's not as much as like, curated like sitting down with a mic but it's like very like fresh and so I think that's also one of the things of enjoying and like taking advantage of social media is like trying to have fun with it and then also making your own little segment or something that's like very you um I feel like that helps you like be successful on those platforms Absolutely. And I feel like that kind of like goes back to like the definition of social media, right? It's like to create content that connects with people. And when we think about social media that way versus trying to be like, oh, well, I have to do this and this platform's doing that and, and, and taking the fun away from it, essentially, uh, we can really embrace and step into our own and, and keeping in mind, creating your own like little avenue in a social media platform can be really challenging and you can feel like at first it's not catching traction but that's like when branding really comes in and you can like really see to your core like this is how I want to authentically create on social media and just using like the platforms and the features and like essentially what's trending, which happens all the time, like outside of trending culture, which is like really big right now, like memes and tweet little graphics have been really huge for a while. Um, Really curated, edited photos were really big for a while. So like everything has its time and place and can be adapted in a way where it's like, I can embrace this and feel good creating it. Yeah. I just feel like with social media, it's become so serious and people (laughs) thinking there's only one right way to not see success um so I feel like kind of just embracing doing your own thing has been something I've I've been really having fun with as well and yeah yeah I agree what are some of the rewards and then what are some of the challenges I think of social media I guess in particularly Instagram since that's your specialty Yeah. So with rewards, I do think there's just so many connection points with your audience and community. There's ways to connect and influence and encourage. Like there's just so many ways to really have that social media connection. And I feel like you also can just have a lot of fun with the type of content you're creating. Like you're not just limited to one type of content. But I feel like that also can go into the challenges, right? It can be overwhelming to figure out which surface to use, how to use it, and how to keep up with how Instagram is evolving and changing so much. And I think something that's not Instagram specific, but something that I think a lot of us have struggled more with, even in the past few years, is just like finding the balance between like living life, running our businesses, 
doing things in the moment and then we bring in social media and like consuming social media and how like addictive they are and how you just want to scroll and consume and how that affects our mood and our mental space and all those types of things. So I think I have pretty good boundaries for someone that works in social media, but I am not immune to the TikTok doom scroll or spending more time on social media than I would prefer. So I feel like that's a challenge like we all universally are struggling with. And and that's how the platforms were created was to have that effect on us essentially. So lots of opportunity for connection, but also a lot of opportunity to like, just get caught up in the scroll essentially. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's really hard to not get addicted to it. But like you said, it's, yeah. And I was saying, I think you have, I think you shared on your stories that you take Sundays off or something. So I feel like you have really good boundaries. I do get a little addicted. And then I also, I feel like there's this thin line of me being like super inspired and consistent. And then there's a point where I'm like, I don't like this. And I start like, it doesn't make me feel good. Like I'm like feeling envious and like all these things start to come up and I'm like, okay, I need a break. Or I'm like, all right, maybe I need to, yeah. I'm like, maybe I need a break or like, you yeah. need to stop looking. So it's like really interesting, like the relationship you can have with Instagram, depending on your mood, depending on how long you have been on it. Like, you know, you're like, okay, I've been on here for three days for like five hours. Like I need a break. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And it's all social media really. But right. I feel like Instagram is unique in that way. Like, I don't feel like, I don't feel envy or, or get like negative around Twitter, you know? Mm. Um, but I feel like with Inst- Instagram has a different, has a unique lane about mm. it. I feel like the highlight reels, which is like fine. You know, I'm not gonna get on Instagram and start crying either. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's just kind of like, it can feel very like everyone has a perfect life, you know? And I yeah. think that's that's one of the, I guess, the cons for me is like, and I feel like I try to think about that too as a content creator. Like, am I feeding to this? Like, how can I share you know, who I am, not too much of who I am and what's going on in my life, but also share like the ups and the downs. And I feel like that's one of the things that I find challenging about Instagram. And I think a lot of creators probably have that issue as well, which is probably why we always just see the highlights. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think like vulnerability is hard to do, but it also can be overdone in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, So like really tapping into what are the things that you want to share? How do you want to share them? And how frequently you want to share them is definitely really important. I have a lot of boundaries on what I share and I often get asked to share more about my personal life but I'm a business first and foremost. And I like to think about like how I want to show up on the app. And it's something I encourage my clients to do as well. Like I've worked with so many clients that have children and like some people want to share their families and that feels important. Some people don't want to at all, don't even want to say a name, don't want to show anyone. So I think like by really tapping into how we want to show up authentically and have that level of vulnerability, which I think is really important for like that connection that we all want on social media, I think is kind of where, what, what makes TikTok so endearing, right? They're, they're a little less perfect. They're so much more conversational and, and I know I have cried happy, sad tears on TikTok just because I think there is that like extra layer that's pulled back. And so I think we can definitely embrace that, but also knowing that like some stuff is not supposed to be meant to share on social media and that's okay too. But yeah, I think like consumption can be intentional and you can be engaging and being inspired, but we have to understand 
when it's time to put down the phone or when it's time to put on downtime or app limits. I have both of those on my phone. I love putting my phone on do not disturb very often. Um, and as you mentioned, yeah, I always take off weekends on social media. I now work a four day work week. So I'm like dabbling with Fridays being a little slower as well. So nice. I think like embracing that and knowing that like your social media platforms will not dissolve. They will not fail. They will still work and be really effective if, if not even better, right? Because we're not going to be burnt out as content creators and business owners on the app. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. And I used to do Sundays off too, but I feel like because I've like increased my brand and I started my podcast, I was like, oh no, I can't do that. But I think I need to be better about boundaries. And also my job is social media management. So I actually yeah. do that for a company. I don't know. I hope the future of social media involves some more like self-care and limitations, you know, like I know you can put a limit on it, but I hope that's like what is going to be included in more of these platforms. And speaking of the future, where do you see social media going like five to 10 years from now? Where where do you think it's going? Because it's so it's changing so much. I can't even keep up. Yeah, it is changing so much. And I think that is probably the one thing that we can predict for the future of social media is that the way it is now is not going to be the way it's going to be in a year. So I think it's going to continue to change and evolve. And I definitely think we're kind of at like a crossroads almost of like, how do we want to use and consume on social media? Because Mm -hmm with how the changes have been going. I mean, everyone is a content creator. Like anyone can pull out their phone. They can go on TikTok. They can go on Instagram. They can build a following. They can share whatever they want to share in their niche. I mean, I mean, on TikTok has definitely shown me it could be anything. It could it can be, be anything. <laughs> very specific, very, very specific. And I think that is beautiful and really great, but I think it also just changes the way that we consume content, the way the generation, you know, behind us is going to consume content and growing up in a, a world where that's where they're consuming their media and their celebrities. And yeah, I think we're at a crossroads where we can kind of really lean into that community connection and deeper boundaries that I think a lot of us are craving or it can become even more addictive um, and negatively affecting our mental health. But I think what, what anything has told me over the past few years where I think we're all been just burnt out by everything is that social media does have a lot of good in it, right? Like it, it's been able to influence, you know, political movements. It's been able Mm -hmm. to document a war literally right now like documenting a war it can also just be that outlet to make us laugh and cry and connect when we felt like we had no human connection so I think there is still so much good that can be harnessed and that's what I'm hoping for in the future of social media with brands business owners and even creators which is everyone yeah yeah I was actually going to ask you how, like you said, everyone could be a content creator, but how would you define content creator? Because is that just like a person who creates content? Like how would it you essentially, define it? It essentially okay. is. And I feel like with like TikTok, like I referenced, like it, it really showed that you don't need to look, sound, act a certain way. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a fashion or beauty influencer to be a content creator. Like it truly can be anything. 
So I think as long as you're consistently creating content for a community, I feel like that's possibly how I would define content creator. And I think we're like still def- we're actively defining what a content creator is, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was a part of this really interesting project for black creators. And when they were defining what a content creator was, like identify as like an entrepreneur or business owner, they were like, they were like mapping it out. And I'm like, I am a content creator. Like, I guess I am too. So <laughs> yeah. I think we all kind of have a little bit of a content creator in us. Some of us are more passively consuming, but I think that's as simple as it is, which I think just completely changes work, life, um, media, everything, pop culture, everything changes with that. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest industries that have been affected by this is marketing. Like you said, like, I think content creators, people now are marketing for brands through social media. And like, that is like the number one strategy now is like getting someone or maybe running ads on social media, but it's all through that. It's like, like I feel like Instagram and social media is like our new radio, right? Cause it used to be like radio commercials or like newspaper article, like ads. And like, now it's like all digital. And that just blows my mind in and of itself. Like how yeah. it has kind of disrupted how we consume things. Absolutely. Like I know me and my partner were talking about like those, like, 1-800 number <laughs> yeah. commercials you'd watch on TV where you'd like buy like a silly putty and is like you no know, $19.99 with shipping and handling we'd see it on the screen and we'd like dial in to buy it and it's like I know that still kind of happens but like that was like how we bought our toys like that was how yeah. we were marketed to as kids interesting so if you had to pick only one social media to be on and for the rest of your life <laughs> which one would you choose and why? I would choose Instagram because <laughs> I mean, that's where my community is first and foremost. Yeah. And that is like, I can't imagine not having that community. And I, I just love all the options and I love all the ways I can connect and create with my audience. So that would definitely be my top pick. It would be hard to choose a second. It would be hard because that's, that's my platform for sure. Okay. What would be your second? If you had to choose two, then what would be your second? Cause I knew you were going to say Instagram. I was like, Instagram yeah, is your second. And, uh, <laughs> um, I have been enjoying YouTube. I have okay. been enjoying YouTube. I do think as a consumer, like as a creator, I definitely love YouTube. I think like the more like getting used to long form videos than a lot, but I, I just love YouTube. I love creating on YouTube. I love, you know, consuming on YouTube. I think as a consumer though, I love TikTok, like to the point where I have to take breaks from it, like intentionally take like two weeks off, delete the app. Um, but I just love TikTok and I love how just fresh it's been in the social media space. So consuming TikTok, creating YouTube. Okay. Consuming TikTok, creating YouTube. Okay. I feel like I definitely would keep YouTube. I feel like I'm like, I don't even need TV anymore at this point. Like I just need YouTube. Like, and that blows my mind. I mean, I feel like Twitter and LinkedIn both are Mm -hmm. under underutilized and under discussed. Yeah. Um, I know in PR, the one social media platform we actually learned in school now that I'm thinking about it was, was Twitter, Twitter. because that's oh, okay, yeah. where news is such a bit, you know, news and you can be so responsive. Like it is like you tweet it's in the moment. It is like documenting or reporting. So yeah, I think that Twitter is still very much a relevant platform. Um, I think in a lot of niches, we don't even think about it twice, but I think in a lot of other areas that it is like huge. I mean, it's like reporting, right? Like it's like our news outlets in a lot of ways. 
But I also feel like LinkedIn as well. I feel like the more and more that like the corporate space and the startup space and the entrepreneurship space shift and change, at least from, I've actually seen LinkedIn a lot on TikTok, which like shocked <laughs> me when I saw, I was like, is this LinkedIn? LinkedIn posted on TikTok? <laughs> but I think it kind of got me thinking like, if they have the right people, it really could shift how we use that platform. Like if they leverage creators, right. We're like talking about this, like, what if that was a place for creators to connect and like to collaborate and like connect with brands. And like, I feel like that's already happening, but what if it was like optimized for that even more? So I guess that's like me predicting and hoping that that's the direction LinkedIn's going to go in but I know it is very neglected by me. Do not go to my LinkedIn. It is scary, <laughs> I, scary. scary. Don't go. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, especially about LinkedIn. Cause I feel like for some of my clients, a lot of like thought leaders, like, you know, yeah. like a lot of entrepreneurs, especially like women in the women economy, like coaches, career coaches, all that, they are thriving on LinkedIn. Yeah. Like I'd be interested to like get your insight on how do you think like the pandemic and just, you know, the world being shut down has affected, you know, people's use of social media, changed it, increased it or anything like that. I mean, we're yeah. getting out of it, but you know. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think that it has increased usage, which has led to a lot of burnout from mm. consuming and creating. I think like a lot of people reacted like, let me create a resource for this. Or I know a lot of business owners like, oh, if I'm doing yoga classes in person, now let me do them online. Like, I think a lot of people pivoted to like, how can I bring what I do in real life to social media? And yeah, I think it just burnt out a lot of people. I also feel like it showed the greater need of people wanting to use social media for those conversations, collaborations, connections, which we saw with Clubhouse, we saw with lives booming. I think that's also what we saw with TikTok as well. Like TikTok does have that very collaborative element. So I think that's what I saw out of, out of how things were just changing. It's not only how we were consuming and how we're feeling around social media, but just like wanting more of that deeper connection with the brands and people that we connect with on social. Yeah, I agree. I also feel like because of some of the things that happened during the pandemic, we also saw people kind of using it as a way to share resources and information. Yeah. I think you just touched on that, but like, I feel like carousel posts really blew up during that time. And people were using that to talk about racism and to talk about sexism and like all the isms and like yeah. trying also getting away from just like I feel like for a long time, social media was really ran, even YouTube was ran by like the beauty gurus and the fashionistas. Yeah. And I feel like the pandemic forced people to figure out other ways outside of just that. Cause like people were not really doing their makeup and people are not getting dressed yeah. to find other ways to use social media and to share things with people that's outside of just those two popular niches. Absolutely. I think like what we mentioned that people do on Twitter was actually kind of what people started doing on platforms like TikTok and Instagram of like using it as a place to document and share resources and share news and share perspective. I mean, that is why in Russia right now, Meta is blocked. Like people can't go on Facebook and Instagram because it shows how powerful social mm -hmm. media is for sharing any type of information. Um, I think 
less now that it's not as rampant with false news, but of course that's another layer of things is things aren't always accurate. I think yeah. they've really cracked down on making sure that things are, they have the right labels. But yeah, I think that sharing information, sharing perspectives, sharing values, Instagram, social media has become the hub for all of that, which I think has been really pivotal and really important and more of what we need on social media as ways to connect globally and in a bigger way like simplified how we create content, but I think it's also like exposed us to things that we might not have been exposed to like Black Lives Matter summer. Would that have blown up so much if that wasn't on video, right? Or even right now with the war, like we're literally watching a war on TikTok, on Instagram. Like it, it completely is just totally a different experience than watching it on the news, right? Like it's just Mm -hmm. a completely different experience. And it's just, it's just weird to think about like, you know, years ago, even like we're consuming like news on those types of things on social media, but that's what it's become. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like watching the war, like seeing people share what they're seeing, you know, in Russia and stuff like that, like Ukraine. And then also just other things, like even I was like thinking about, like, I went on like Kobe Bryant's Instagram. Like now we have these like memorials, like when people pass away, right? Like they stay on Instagram or they stay on TikTok, they stay on these platforms and you get to like go back and see what they shared. And like, even that, that whole idea of like your digital footprint remains even when you go on to the next life or whatever it is that you believe happens next but like that even blows my mind I'm like wow like what and I was recently reading about like for one of my clients like a digital will where you put like all your usernames and passwords for your like partner or your family so they can like log in and like either Mm. update it or delete it and I was like wow like that is something that I probably Mm. should create like you know and like the idea of that is crazy Right. I mean, even thinking of business owners, like, will that be something that can be acquired or sold eventually? Like if I ever sold my business, do I sell my community as well? Like, I think that like creator influencer landscape also brings that up because like your community is, is so valuable. It's monetizable. Right. I think that's another interesting layer that we will just see in the next few years. So what tips do you have, I have to ask you a tips and tricks question. Like what tips do you have for people who are on, who may be on social media and might be feeling burnt out? Like you were saying before, like, you know, I think that is a real thing and I go through it and um, I know you touched on it in some of your posts, but what are your tips for burnout? Like if you're feeling burnt out or how to avoid it? Definitely. I would say definitely going back to those boundaries um, start with something small. Um, I always say like, especially for business owners and content creators and brands, like whatever your office hours are, make that when you're posting on social media. So that's mm-hmm. like the least you can do and definitely taking weekends off or at least one day off a week, start with small boundaries. Um, when you go on vacation, when you maybe take time off, like take some time off social media. I I do that and it's really helpful. So taking time off, intentional time off, not reactive time off of like, I'm burnt out. I can't look at social media right now. Mm -hmm. Creating those little boundaries are really helpful. And then like using the functionality on the apps more on Instagram than anything, we can mute, we can block, we can unfollow. So make sure that everyone you are following and consuming content from that they are positively affecting you when you see their content Mm -hmm. at the least you can mute them. If you don't want them to know that they unfollowed you or whatever, 
But I think we don't think about enough of like, we don't have to follow and consume content of people we don't want to see. For whatever reason, we don't have to have a big fancy reason why. It might just not make you feel good. Or you might feel like you're feeling influenced to create this type of content that you're not creating enough content or that you're like feeling like you need to touch on something that's in your industry or niche. So I think that is really helpful as well. And then I think just tapping into how you can carve out a space on social media in terms of creating that feels fun, that feels easy, that feels like you Mm want to do it every day. I obviously get fatigued by the world and running a business and creating content naturally as a human, but um, I get excited to create content. I get excited to post my reels and see what people are going to say and what they find helpful and going in my DMs and having conversations. So I feel like when we go back to like, how can I just have more fun and like maybe take it a little less seriously? Maybe that means not looking at my insights as much or not creating the trends if I just some over trending culture and just leaning into that unapologetically and knowing that you might get less engagement or who knows, it might actually connect a lot deeper and better with people. So that'd probably be my advice. Before I ask you the signature question, I guess, can you tell people like where they can find you, how they can support you? If you have like any cool projects or course offerings right now, you can definitely plug that in. You know, I really enjoyed this conversation and, you know, in the show notes, of course, I'll link all your social media platform, but if they're just listening right now and they want to like, you know, look you up, how can they get in contact with you? Absolutely. This was so fun, but, um, you can find me at shine with Natasha on Instagram across social media. Um, and then I also do have a really cool free resource. If you're wanting to get better, faster, save some time on Instagram about how to repurpose content. It's like a little video lesson. Um, and you can find that at shine with Natasha.com slash video. Um, and then I also have my own podcast, the shine online podcast, where you can find wherever you're listening to the show. Yes, definitely check out her podcast and check out all her stuff. And I'll have all her information in the show notes and on my website. So you can get them either way. And I guess the signature question of the show that I always ask is if you had an opportunity to write a chapter in a textbook, although they don't have textbooks anymore, it's a different story. Um, <laughs> what about, okay, let me start this over. If you could have an opportunity to write a chapter in a textbook about social media, the history of social media, what would you name that chapter and why? On brand, like it would be something on like how to shine on social media naturally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be around the concept of showing up on social media, the confidence it takes, how uncomfortable it can feel to create content and talk on video and, and be in photos and why that's so important in social media and how that social media is more than just marketing or a post on Instagram, but that it's like a deeper connection. And like, how can we use that, that shine, that the essence of showing up to do that even deeper with your community? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And I learned so much and I feel like I need to create some boundaries on my social media today. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I love this conversation so much. So thanks for having me. And that is the conclusion of season four, episode two on the history of social media. Some of the major takeaways that I got from this episode is just one, the connection of history, like social media starting with Morse code as a form of communicating with people across networks. That was like the rarest, truest definition of social media. And then just how it has evolved with the creation of the World Wide Web. 
Another thing that I learned from this episode, another gem that I think we should all take away from this episode is just how many people use social media, right? There's 8 billion people in this world and 5 billion people have social media. That is just mind blowing. You know what I mean? And the average person has eight forms of social media. I thought that was really dope. And you know, just some of the things of the pros and the cons, a double-edged sword of social media. It can be great on one hand. It can help you connect. It can help you build a following. It can help you build a business and make money. It can help you find love, right? Like dating apps is a form of social media. I didn't know that, you know? So that's the pros of it, right? Some of the pros. And then on the negative side, it can decrease your self-esteem if you're always comparing yourself to the beautiful people that are on Instagram. It can create this false body image. There's a lot of people who are editing their bodies on social media. There's a lot of discrimination that's happening with algorithms, right? For non-white people that are not allowing their content to be consumed and shared. People who are, you know, catfishing or who have negative racist rhetoric have are on social media and they can use that to spread hatred, right? So this is just kind of like the pros and cons of social media. It can be a little addicting as well, right? So just thinking about it as a double-edged sword, thinking about how many people use it, and just some of the wonderful things that Natasha talked about in this interview about how to avoid burnout, how to take breaks, all these things that I don't think a lot of people talk about. Nowadays, it's like, you got to do reels. You got to do this. Content, content, content. You can't leave. The algorithm is going to forget about you. Because even right now, the time that I'm recording this episode, I'm taking a social media break. Like, I, I feel a little tired. I do it for work. And then to also do it for myself, it's a lot. So my personal social media is taking a pause. And I feel a lot of guilt around it. And I think, are people going to forget about me? What people? Toy, your friends and your family are never going to forget about you. You know, am I going to be able to get good downloads on my podcast because I took this break and stuff like that. All things that are kind of real, but I think you can always come back to something. You can always take a break and come back to something. So, um, you know, I love Natasha's tips on taking a break. I loved her tips on just how to use it and how she defines social media and the boundaries she has of taking breaks on the weekend. So I hope you really, really enjoyed this episode. As usual, I encourage you to drop some stars, write a couple lines, leave us a review. That would be great. Head over to the show notes or head over to the website that wasn't in my textbook.com to review our sources. We have them on there and share this episode with a friend or on Instagram, tag me, tag that wasn't in my textbook. I would really, really appreciate that. And of course, follow that wasn't my textbook all over the interwebs. Thank you so much for tuning this episode. Be sure to come back next Friday for a brand new episode with a new topic. And until next time, remember, knowledge is power.